1: Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Now, On today's episode of Cold Case Fridays, we dive into the unsolved murders of sisters Barbara and Patricia Grimes, also known as the Love Me Tender Murders. But before you do that, we'd like to remind you, come join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search True Crime Never Sleeps, and let's keep the conversation going. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Six decades ago, the grime sister, Barbara, 15, and Patricia, 12, blithfully left home to watch heartthrob Elvis Presley and Love Me Tender at the Brighton Theater in Chicago. The tearjerker ended with Elvis' death in a shootout. The crowd filed out and the grime girls vanished. 25 excruciating days tickled by. If somebody is holding them, please let the girls call me, their mother Loretta Grimes pleaded in a January 11, 1957 article. On January 22, 1957, their naked bodies were found in a field in a nearby suburb with no signs of fatal violence. The discovery horrified Chicagoans in the working-class Catholic neighborhood where the girls lived. With the public demanding answers, law enforcement went into overdrive, interviewing multiple suspects and filing charges only to drop them for lack of proof as authorities feuded openly. Now the notorious mystery is a footnote in the city's history. Even so, the case is still an open murder investigation. Like many 1950s Bobby Soxers, Barbara and Patricia adored Elvis Presley. They'd seen Love Me Tender, Dozens of times, but begged their mother to let them catch the evening show at the local theater. Just a short bus ride away is the Christmas holidays. December 28, 1956, and Loretta gave her permission. Barbara, high school sophomore with a dazzling smile, was known as the serious one. And Patricia was a high-spirited 7th grader. The two sisters were also close friends. When the pair failed to return by midnight, Loretta Grimes called the police. As officers scoured the city, tips poured in. Workers at a Chicago Five and Dime store were positive they saw Barbara and Patricia with two sailors listening to Elvis Records on January 3rd, 1957. A Minnesota woman who was traveling swore she met the sisters in a Nashville bus station restroom on January 9, 1957. That account made headlines, spurring rumors that girls were headed to Memphis, Elvis Presley's home. The singer himself issued a statement saying, If you are good Presley fans, you'll go home and ease your mother's worries. Loretta Grimes and her ex-husband Joseph insisted their daughters were in danger. They are not the type of girls to run away, Loretta Grimes is quoted as saying. Chicagoan Dominic Pasiga, Emeritus Professor of History at Columbia College, was seven when the sisters disappeared, saying, quote, It was on everybody's minds. There were signs in the windows of the store saying, Don't talk to strangers. On January 22, 1957, a passing motorist saw what looked like a mannequin off the bridge over Devil's Creek near Willow Springs, a southwest suburb. Authorities converged and found the girls' bodies sprawled on the frozen ground. I tried to tell police my daughters didn't run away, but they didn't listen to me, said Joseph Grimes. Patricia had several minor puncture wounds in her chest, possibly made by an ice pick. And Barbara's face had marks and bruises. Harry Goss, the chief investigator for Cook County Coroner Walter McCarran, a preliminary autopsy, however, indicated the girls died of exposure to freezing temperatures. The anti climatic resolution, with no evidence of traumatic violence, amplified the mystery and renewed pressure on investigators. Again, the public chimed in with tips. This included a cabbie's description of seeing the sister December thirtieth, 1956, at a Skid Row Diner, located on Chicago's scrabble Madison Street with two men, one reportedly with sideburns, like Elvis. Police pursuing the diner lead tracked down a young drifter named Edward Bedwell from Tennessee. Bedwell, 21, was a former circus worker who had briefly served in the U.S. Air Force. He had jobs at a factory and as a dishwasher when detectives picked him up for questioning. After several days in custody, Bedwell signed a confession on January 27th, 1957, admitting he killed Barbara and Patricia with an accomplice named Frank. As he told it, he and Frank met the girls at a Madison Street tavern on January 7th. They spent a week together, shacking up at various hotels. But on January 13th, after the girls resisted the men's advances, Bedwell and Frank knocked them unconscious, then dumped the sisters in a ditch. If I had been drinking, I wouldn't have done what I'd done. And what I done, I didn't do intentionally. Loretta Grimes vehemently denied her daughters would carouse with dis- disreputable men, saying, quote, Our girls came from a good home and were brought up in religious surroundings. Almost immediately, holes started appearing in Bedwell's story. Medical experts concluded the girls died on December 28th. Bedwell's factory time card provided an alibi for the night they disappeared. His defense attorney insisted. Bedwell's confession was co- coerced. Bedwell was released from jail on bond in February 5, 1957, to the chagrin of Cook County Sheriff Joseph Lohman and Gloss, who believed he was responsible. On February 14, 1957, Gloss took manners into his own hands. The larger-than-life fedora-wearing tough son of a gun called a press conference at his family home. He insisted the girls could not have died on December 28, and revealed lab results indicating Barbara had been sexually molested. He knew and believed the girls were both raped. Harry Gloss contended McCarran covered up evidence in deference to Loretta and to keep the sisters' reputations intact. The coroner held his own press conference the next day and fired Gloss, who continued to investigate the case. After the bedwell debacle, several suspects emerged, but nothing stuck. One was Charles Melquist, a Serbum knight found guilty in 1959 of murdering another girl, Bonnie Lay Scott. Her nude body was found November 1958 in a wooded area, a few miles from where the Grimes sisters died. Authorities questioned Melquist about Barbara and Patricia after police found a list of girls, including young women from the Grimes neighborhood, at his apartment, but that was the extent of their inquiry. Ray Johnson, a former police officer and lecturer who writes the Chicago History Cop blog, thinks Melquist played a role in the crime, but was protected because of ties to the Chicago mob, saying, quote, Somebody still doesn't want this case to be solved. I know there's at least three people alive that know what happened that night. Another theory is that the sisters died after they liaison with teenage boys from a local gang who took them for a ride and then abandoned the two. A local man told police he saw Barbara talking with youths in a car as Patricia watched. That night, they went missing. One of the boys reportedly told Barbara, you'll be sorry. Some years after the tragedy, Bergala ran into Loretta Grimes while shopping at a department store. Grimes recognized her and the two chatted. One of the first things Grimes said was, did you hear my girls? She died in 1989, never knowing what happened. Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. What do you think happened? Who do you think was involved? Was it just a bunch of uh, uh, teenage boys causing problems? Do you think it was a mob related incident? or was it just um an accident let us know of course give us a thumbs up if you like our video subscribe to the channel hit that bell notification button to be notified of future videos and if you want to support the channel you can go ahead buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com tcns your support helps this channel grow we can upgrade our equipment bring in new hosts be able to pay them create even more content and hopefully one day take this show on the road. because hey We'd love to live stream from uh, uh, crime destinations across the country, including Chicago, L.A., uh, New York. And we can't do that without support from our listeners. But as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN. Or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.